We're live. We're not getting a countdown. A cool fancy countdown. Sorry, oh, folks. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'll do it. Hold on. Everybody, we're going away. <laughs> so I totally forgot about it. I'll pick a new countdown. See you guys in a minute. We are nothing if not professional. That's, this is this is it. I don't care, mass fan, if you think we're noobs. It's uh, here we go. What's up, you beautiful people? This is Gary Horton. This is this is the NWA. It's a podcast celebrating the past, present, future, history, legacy, and tradition of the greatest pro wrestling entity of all time. We're talking about that National Wrestling Alliance, and tonight we're talking about United Wrestling Networks prime time live and i never do this alone i'm not solo on my zoom chats i don't go solo like that uh one guy that's in the news right now what's his name i forget it already but you know you know what i'm talking about does anybody know what i'm talking about not a clue yeah he just got he just got like fired from cnn because he exposed himself on a zoom <laughs> chat on accident I did, I um, didn't see that. not on accident he just started you know what it's a whole thing you gotta look it up and he was he was doing things you do solo, but he was in a Zoom chat, and uh, he thought his camera was off. But it wasn't. Anyway, all that aside, I I always do it with these two guys. <laughs> talking about Will Martin and the doctor, Rob Stinson. What's up, fellas? What's up? Good evening, everyone. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So what a way to shart, start. Shart. Uh, we took one night off on Sunday, and we're just uh, like we're like starting over. I know, I know, I have no idea what's going on right now. Um, all right, anyway, thank you guys for being here. I want to give a shout out to everybody in the chat. Jeffrey Tubin, thank you, Eric Dale in the chat. It was Jeffrey Tubin. That's the guy. Uh, Turbo's here. Thank you, Turbo. Pam's here. That's Polka Dot Pam. Front row, masked fan, Woodland Goblin. Uh, the Nation Show. We appreciate all the support. We thank you guys for showing up to hang up with us, with us on our United Wrestling Network Prime Time Live after show. And uh, just for the record, just so we're fair, uh, this this guy got suspended, not fired. But I'm this is not <laughs> CNN, so I don't care. Okay, I'm just saying the guy was wanking on Zoom. That's what we're talking about. And that is uh, not what we're talking about. We're talking about wrestling. You're right. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about wrestling tonight, baby. Woo! All right. Anyway, so, fellas, let's just uh, do what we normally do and start this thing off. How did you feel about the show tonight? Rob, doctor, you're over there. You're just, like, sipping drinks and chewing on something. I, I, he's got – he just held up, like, looks like bacon. I can't hear anything you're saying. Uh, so. I'll beef jerky, man. How many beef jerky? Okay, beef jerky. Oh, man. I thought this was a fantastic show. I thought this was one of the top two or three shows so far, man. Surprising. Again, one of the biggest criticisms we've had of UWN is there's been a lot of kind of niche, hokey stuff. And you didn't see any of that tonight, even with the Friendship Farm who came out. I know we're going to get into that, so I don't want to jump too far ahead. But they put on one of the – they put on a fantastic match, man. And it was a it was solid from top to bottom. I love the fact that the, this whole show is interlaced with references to the IWGP, to to NWA, of course. I mean, it was 
uh, Mike Bennett, my man Mike Bennett, was in there just bringing it. And, of course, that epic match at, at the end and that historic speech that will forever go down in history as the uncertainty speech um, capped off a, a really great show, man. So I, I'm just – I've really, really enjoyed this one. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll I'll echo a lot of that. I'm, I may not be as pumped about it as Rob, but I will say that. Sorry, Alexa, my Alexa just started talking to me. That was weird. Um, yeah, but I I may not have the the same amount of enthusiasm, but I did think it was a great show, um, and I was uh, pretty plugged in top to bottom. Um, few criticisms, we'll get into that, of course, but um, yeah, I mean, it it was an exciting show. I, I will say. Yeah, I think it was a, an upgrade from last week. Um, and so I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think I'm with you guys. I enjoyed the the thing from top to bottom this week. Uh, I had a good time with with all of the matches. Uh, but uh, I guess we'll just jump right into it. As always, we'll throw in the chat afterwards and hang out with you guys for a minute and give you guys a chance to express your thoughts. Let us know what you, what you thought in the chat as we're going as well. And uh, make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you hit subscribe, especially if you're new here. We can use those subs. It helps us out. It helps us get in front of more people. Share it on Twitter. Share it on Facebook. Share it everywhere. Because uh, uh, this was a good show, and uh, we got a lot to talk about. So uh, let's jump in. And uh, it opens with our normal stuff. We get our, our standard United Wrestling uh, lead in, which I dig. Uh, the green screen interviews and that sort of thing. Uh, first match, though, is Platinum Max Caster versus Jesse James. Um, this is a, a repeat since we, we saw Max Caster previously, and unfortunately, he took the L to uh, it was Dirty Dickinson, I believe. And uh, he, uh, you know, he gets a chance to re renew himself to the, the fans that this will might be the second time seeing him. Um, uh, still a little weird on his showboating for myself. Uh, he, he seems really uh, distracted by wanting to impress Todd Kinley uh, at the commentary table. Um, uh, and uh, the mic drop thing, like he actually takes out the physical mic and uh, stuff like that. But otherwise, I really like Max Caster, and I think he's got a lot of potential. And uh, I will say that uh, Jesse James is very uh, vicious with his attack. But uh, Caster finally hits the mic drop. Not quite enough. Max schoolboys James, though, after uh, dodging the lariat uh, and hitting a boot. Uh, Max Caster, your winner. Uh, will, what would you think of this match? Uh, I thought it was a great um, opening match. You know, I'll, I'll admit that I wasn't a huge fan of of the Jesse James gimmick. It seemed a little, uh, you know, too too cliche. Um, but I mean, he impressed me, and uh, I mean, I think Max Caster's a star. Um, just, I mean, his his in ring ability is um, is just super exciting. And so the two matches so far that I've seen him in. Um, were were impressive so i thought it was a great um match to open the show with and to get people pulled in and um i really enjoyed it yeah um jesse james the western uh rough roughneck who also is a student of the santino brothers wrestling academy which we've learned much more about it's a, an elite academy out there on the west coast uh very much like uh, like something like Tried and True would be here on the East Coast. I mean, uh, they're putting out lots of talent. Um, and uh, I think that this was a long match for me. It was 17 minutes long. Um, 
the opening mm-hmm. salvo, it, it took me a second to got to get into it because, you know, for me in an empty arena style environment, silence is deadly. And sometimes it makes, uh, it makes um, the comments that they say to the ref or to the, or to the faux audience, a little hokey. And he starts out by saying, that's illegal ref. I don't want to see any weapons in this match. Um, referring to the mic and some of the different things that, uh, that uh, Castro was bringing to the ring. But I'll tell you what I really did like about this match. <clears throat> a couple things. One, I like the fact that it was very coherent, that this was the story that was told in this was that um, Jesse James was a big guy who's going to rely on power striking and use his big arms. And what did Castor do? But he neutralized the arms. He took away uh, Jesse James's uh, lethal weapon, which is that lariat. Um, they talked a lot about uh, Castro winning a lot of credibility with his uh, with his match, even though it was defeat. It was still a, you know, he earned a lot of points with that match against the Dirty Daddy Chris Dickinson uh, in the in the previous episode, and so uh, it almost seemed like Castro was destined to win this thing, but he won it in a way that I but I, that was very believable. He went in with an intelligent strategy that I'm going to neutralize this guy's game, take his arm away, and that's exactly what he did. My only caveat was that it seemed to go a little long for me. Um, I, you know, it, it, it finished well, but it started off a little slow. So uh, I thought it was a good opening contest. Yeah, uh, that that's interesting that you, you brought that up. I, I don't think I quite caught how long the match went, the uh, 17 minutes. Uh, I, it, it, looking back on it now, I can totally see that, that it, that it lasted long compared to most of the matches, I think, tonight. I don't think anything kind of touched that but uh maybe they just wanted to kind of give a chance to uh really display some of max caster originally this was supposed to be mander uh in this matchup and uh for uh i don't think we ever got the reasons exactly but uh he wasn't able to make it but uh nonetheless a good way to start the show uh we're introduced to our commentary team uh, Blake Troop, Todd Kinley, and I totally just slipped on the other guy's name. and It drives me nuts. He sounds a little like Joe Rogan when I hear him. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, so I apologize, sir. I am going. I, I, I tried to look for this, and somebody needs to write this down somewhere for me. Um, it, was James, and, uh, it was James Kincaid. God, James Kincaid. There we go. Thank you, Rob. Yeah. Appreciate you. This is why we're a team, folks. <laughs> Uh, so the next thing they did, which uh, I thought was interesting, they did it this early in the show, actually. Uh, they introduced us to all of the competitors that will be competing in the United Wrestling Network's Heavyweight Championship Tournament. Uh, and uh, we might as well just jump right into the bracket, which kind of breaks down everything. Uh, we'll call it the A block, I guess. You've got uh, first round matches that are uh, Peter Avalon from AEW fame now, formerly of Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. So interesting to see him back. Not a huge surprise, I don't think, but a a fun surprise uh, that he'll be coming back and he'll have a first-round matchup against the Dirty Daddy, Chris Dickinson, who I think we all had to figure would be entering this tournament. I mean, that I don't think there was any way around it. Uh, And then the other match on the A block is Watts is getting back into the game here going for that heavyweight championship, but he's going to be taking on, I thought the biggest surprise of this uh, bracket, which is Eric Redbeard making his wrestling return 
and coming to primetime live to compete for the heavyweight championship. So uh, let's start right there, I guess. Uh, Will, how, how'd you feel about this? Did, did these names take you off guard, uh, any of them? Or how, how you feeling about the, uh, the one side of the bracket? Oh, man, I was super excited. Um, <clears throat> you know, I will say, and I know we'll get into the rest of the bracket, but I mean, my overall view was uh, every every name in this tournament uh, I'm good with. You know, I didn't really have any criticisms or any, you know, kind of raised eyebrows at any of it. It all makes total sense. I think the one might be Peter Avalon, but just his history with UWN and, and also, you know, the the uh, the position that he's gotten himself in in pro wrestling um, and AEW and things like that. I think that's a great addition to the tournament. It makes a lot of sense. Um, but in terms of the matches you just mentioned, I mean, yeah, man, I popped for for Eric Redbeard. Um, obviously, Eric Rowan, formerly in WWE, uh, that was a huge shock. I, I think you know, if I was to sit and speculate, which we've done before, you know, what former WWE person would show up in this tournament? I don't know that his name would have popped up for me. So that was a huge shock, and I thought that was really cool. Um, but yeah, I think him and Watts will be a killer match. Um, something that. You know, kind of one of those things you didn't know you needed in, until now. So I think that's going to be an awesome match. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked for this tournament top to bottom, but we, we can get into the rest of it. Yeah, uh, so I guess I'll just go ahead and announce the other half there. Uh, we're seeing a return uh, from earlier this season of uh, Primetime Live. Uh, Carl Fredericks from New Japan Pro Wrestling, New Japan Strong, is going to be taking on Fred Rosser, also of New Japan. Uh, and uh, the other match in that list is Davy Boy Smith Jr. is going to be taking on Mike Bennett. And uh, actually, all of these names were pretty surprising, or not, you know, they were just surprising enough. I was uh, pretty interested to see this lineup on here, and it's going to be uh, interesting to see how this whole thing plays out because I think any one of these people is a legit competitor and uh, possible uh, world champion material. Rob, when you look at this bracket, who stands out to you? How'd you feel when you saw these names pop up? And uh, I guess if you want, you can go ahead and give us your first first round picks too, uh, as you discussed. <laughs> gotcha. Um, I, it's a, obviously, man, this is a stack tournament. No, there, every, if you want to build a tournament and call it a world title tournament you're going to have to put names like this in there i don't recognize this as a world title tournament the only title that i recognize as a world title is the one held by nick albus nevertheless this is a very serious tournament here with serious competitors and if you're going to make the claim of having a world championship this is exactly how you build it okay i'm a little confused about the seating in this because honestly my two finalists would have been Davy Boy Smith and Mike Bennett. I think Chris Dickinson is a is a number three or a number four seed. Eric Redbeard is surprising. Uh, Fred Rosser, he's a surprising name to me. He is a WWE Tag Team Champion, a former WWE Tag Team Champion. But I would like to have seen Mike Bennett and Davy Boy Smith on opposite ends of this bracket because, to me, that is a, a main event that I would pay for. So not quite Nick Aldis, Mike Bennett level, but it's up there. And so uh, – uh, my first, uh, you want me to go down my first round picks? Uh, uh, sure. I mean, I, I, I'd like to hear what we all think and just see. But uh, yeah, that, that'd be cool. So uh, let's start out with uh, the hardest one first, okay? Davey Boy Smith and Mike Bennett. This would have been my my finalist, okay? Uh, but uh, I, I will take seeing it in the first round. 
And I've got uh, Mike Bennett winning this. I think Mike Bennett showed us uh, in his match with Nick Aldis that he is ready for the biggest stage and the biggest competition. Davey Boy Smith is too. Don't get me wrong. He, he is too. But I think Mike Bennett has that fire and hunger. He's been showcased here. He seems like a man on a mission. And when you've got a man on a mission, that's hard to beat. And, and we saw that tonight with, uh, with, with his uh, really, really brutal physical match that we'll talk about here shortly. Uh, then we got uh, Carl Fredericks and Fred Rosser. Uh, I'm going to give the edge here, even though I respect the world out of the L.A. dojo of New Japan. I'm going to give the edge here to Fred Roster just because he has been on a big stage, on, on the WWE stage. Um, has held a uh, an equivalent of a world championship in the tag team division, even though this is a singles match. I just think the experience goes to him. Uh, he's a veteran. And uh, so I'm going to pick Fred Roster and Mike Bennett as my winners of the first bracket. Um, <clears throat> my second bracket, I don't think anybody – uh, right now, I think Chris Dickinson, he's kind of like Mike Bennett. He displays a fire that I've not seen in anybody other than Bennett and Eddie Kingston. And uh, Peter Avalon, great storied history with UWN. He's the longest reigning heritage champion of all time. Um, you know, some people don't like his gimmick, his look. It's a little uh, hokey sometimes, but uh, uh, it's, it's going to be a good match. But Chris Dickinson is going to win this match. And then uh, Eric Redbeard versus Watts. This is probably the hardest match for me to call uh, simply because Eric Redbeard is, is is a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete, but most of his experience and, and expertise has come in the, in the tag division, whereas Watts has been an established singles champion in UWN, only recently lost that Heritage Championship to Ray Rusis. Um, and uh, he's a big man. He's had, He had that match with uh, – with, um, is that my Discord it's on or is that one of you guys? I think it's you. It's me. I'll, I'll cut it off here in a second. Uh, his match with Eli Drake uh, uh, the week before last just showed me that Watts is also ready and primed and hungry too. So I've got Watts winning uh, over Redbeard, and I've got Dickinson winning over Avalon. So my first uh, four competitors to advance will be Watts, uh, Dickinson, Mike Bennett, and Fred Roster. Interesting. I like this. Uh, uh, Will, you want to you give yours? here just uh just who you're thinking in first round yeah i mean i've got the whole tournament planned out but um i i mean just quick i'll say red beard over watts um chris dickinson over peter avalon uh i i too say fred roster over carl fredericks i think that would be an incredible match though i'm really excited to see that one and then mike bennett over davy davy boy smith so when i look at this bracket rob the first thing that comes to my mind is Mike Bennett, Chris Dickinson in the final. I that. That was even before I saw the actual brackets because they were going through all the names first before they actually showed the seating. And um, that was honestly like the first thing that popped in my head. I was like, oh, man, Chris Dickinson, Mike Bennett. That should be. And, and I mean, honestly, just if I'm looking at it, I, I mean, honestly, either of them could, could do it. Um, but I feel like the way they've been building Chris Dickinson – would be to prime him to be that first heel champ to really bring some, some, you know, excitement or some, you know, story to that title as it, as it gets cranking. Um, but yeah, so that, that's, that's my bracket. I can buy that. I can buy that. Yeah. I, I think we'll, I'm, I'm kind of light it up with you here. Uh, I, I, I feel like Watts is going to go. I, 
it, the toughest one to decide for me is this Eric Redbeard and Watts match. Like, I feel like there's a lot of love behind Watts, obviously, with it being a UWN uh, show. And I think that he is like the OG UWN guy that's in this thing. Uh, but so, so part of me wants to get him into the second round. Uh, and then I'm going to say Dickinson obviously goes on. I'm with you guys on Rosser. Uh, I think the veteran instincts are going to kick in here, and Fredericks is amazing, but I, I think Rosser's experience is going to be the thing that plays out here. And, of course, uh, Mike Bennett taking out Davey Boy. And I think I do end up with, like like Will said, I, I think that that's where I landed too, is Chris Dickens has been looking for a challenge. I think he's going to plow through some competition in this uh, tournament, but he's going to end up facing off with Mike Bennett in the finals, and then we'll see. Uh I, I can totally, I can totally see Dickinson coming out on top, but there's a part of me that just looking at Mike Bennett tonight, man. I just, I just love that guy. I love Mike Bennett, and uh, he's he's kind of story you could get behind. And uh, he couldn't, he couldn't take the ten pounds of gold. Maybe he can take, maybe he can take this one, even though Rob doesn't recognize it as a world championship. <laughs> I think that would be a, a, an amazing story, though, to see finally, you know, and I'm with you, man, Chris Dickinson looking for that challenge. He had that amazing match with Mox at, uh, at Bloodsport, uh, but in the square circle under gentlemen's rules, he's going to have the challenge of his life against, uh, against Bennett. And Bennett uh, comes out with the win, with the title, setting up the epic rematch that we've all been asking and begging for. The NWA World Champion Nick Aldis versus the UWN Champion Mike Bennett. Totally agree. Uh, next uh, next week we're going to get our first match out of the tournament. I was hoping we'd just have like a whole pay per view of all first round matches, but I guess they got to leave us wanting more. So uh, next week you're going to get your first matchup, which is going to be the Peter Avalon versus uh, the Dirty Daddy, the Filthy Father, Chris Dickinson. I, you know. God bless Peter Avalon, but come on, man. I mean, this is the guy struggling to get his first win on AEW television. He's going to walk in here against like the most dominant person on uh, Primetime Live. I just yeah. uh, I don't, I don't feel very good about it. Uh, the uh, next matchup we had on this show was Christy Janes taking on Miranda Alizé, uh, the Brazilian Wonder Woman versus the Superstar. Uh, they did point out that. Uh, Miranda Alizé was trained by Booker T, uh, who also trained folks like Will all day. They didn't bring her up, but uh, Rob's girl, Rachel Rose, was also trained by Booker T. So uh, we've been seeing a lot of Booker T pop up here lately, uh, getting his uh, skills passed on to the next generation of wrestlers. Uh, so my thoughts on this one, and then I'll throw to you guys, uh, just a back and forth, a uh, lot of counters here, some great spots and some other stuff. Not going to lie. I thought that I was going to see somebody dropped on their head at, at a few different points during this matchup. Uh, it was, you know, I like the look of both these women and I think there's a lot of potential with both of them. Uh, but this was not the strongest women's match uh, that they've had on primetime live. Uh, so I, I hope to see more out of them. And uh, like, I, I, I was a big fan of, of their entrances and their look and all of that stuff. But uh, there were just some spots, man. I, I feel like there was – it could have been nerves and their big debut on this show. I'm not familiar with either lady. Uh, so uh, that's kind of where I was at. Uh, Alizé hits the drive-by, which is kind of like a shining wizard, it looks like, and she gets the win over uh, Christy Jane. Doc, where were you at on, on this one? 
Yeah, about the same. Again, I, I love their look. I think both of these women have crazy potential and charisma. Um, this is one of those matches where, just to get the uh, talk about some of the positives, where I really like how the UWN style of commentaries educates us on history and their path and other promotions and all that. I love the fact that they talked about reality wrestling and Booker T's uh, hand in Alizé. I also like how they talked about her half mask, how that is an ode to uh, – the fact that she views her style as half Lucha Libre and half U.S. style, I thought it was cool. They talk about her competing in Mexico, USA, and U.K. Now, I wasn't as familiar with Christy James, and so while this match was going on, I was doing some some research on her, and I found that one of the criticisms of her early on was that she tended to be a little sloppy, and we saw some of that tonight, especially when she uh, attempted to climb the ropes to do that springboard moonsault, um, which she eventually did connect. Um, though Alizé was able to kick out and defeat James with that drive-by. This was a 10-minute match. Um, it was re relatively fast-paced, which if you're going to go that long, um, it needs to be fast-paced. Um, I will tell you that um, Jane's, uh, uh, and just looking her up a little bit, Jane's uh, has a career, that, even though it's, a, it's, it's not as extended as some other female athletes and some of these fantastic women stars that they've showcased here in previous weeks, she does have a background that features matches against many of our beloved Mission Pro stars like Burt Vixen, um, Alexa Gracia, Big Swole, and some other ladies that we have become very familiar with here just over the last couple of months. So, uh, you know, I mean, they've got things to learn, and, and you see veterans go out there and make mistakes from time to time in, in the execution, and we saw some of that. That's just uh, um, a fact that they're a little bit green, uh, and it could have been that they're on this stage, and there might have been some nerves there. Wasn't terrible. I'd give it a probably a B minus, C plus maybe. With you, Will, what'd you think? Yeah, it was it was a little bit distracting for me. Just the 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 sloppiness. I mean, I I chalk it up to nerves as well. I mean, both these ladies have great look. Um, it's obvious that uh, they are are well-trained and professional, you know, sometimes you get in a, in an arena, not an arena, but a studio like that. And, um, you know, especially with no fans, I mean, we don't know how active they've been in an empty arena or things like that. So it could have just been completely something completely different for both of them. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was a few spots that were a little distracting for me just, you know, for, for the sloppiness and things like that. But honestly, I think they did a great job of, of salvaging the match and making it interesting. It never got to the point where I was like, all right, and I wanted to tune out and, and do something else. Um, but I mean, they, you know, I, I love, as you said, Rob, I mean, home run by the commentary again, really informing us of uh, who these ladies were um, and their history and things like that. And so that was just, um, really valuable for me, you know, as a spectator. Um, so, you know, we, it's almost not fair to, there's been such a high bar set from all the women's matches on primetime live. I mean, I feel like every week we've had just a top tier women's wrestling match on every show. And, and this one, um, you know, it, it, it didn't live up to all the past ones, but you know, I think that's just they're they're just kind of a victim of of being in some stiff competition when we're looking at the ladies' matches that have happened on primetime live. So um yeah, I mean I'd love to see more of of both of them. 
That's a fair uh, assessment. I mean, you are talking about, I mean, the women's matches that have been on primetime live have been, I mean, if you're ranking a top 10 of the matches we've seen, uh, a multitude of them are going to be women's matches. So uh, there's definitely been uh, a lot going on in the women's division there. So like I said, I, I hope I see more out of them. Uh, David Marquez in the back with uh, Pope. And uh, they confirmed that this is a TV title match, 605. On the clock when they go at it, uh, Pope's out there. He's giving a standard uh, Pope promo. It, I like I like Pope stuff. Uh, he don't trust Dicky like sixty year olds don't trust their farts. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, he describes himself as like a tree down by the water. He shall not be moved. And uh, I don't know. It got me got me ready to see Pope take on Zicky Dice. Uh, very interesting setup here. Uh, any any thoughts there, guys, on the the promo from Pope? Man, there's only a couple people to give a promo like uh, like uh, the Pope. The, obviously, Eddie Kingston, Nick Aldis, Tim Storm. Um, when I when I hear Aldis, Storm, and Eddie Kingston talk, I believe them. I feel them. I feel them in my soul. And I feel the same way about. It. I feel myself getting motivated when I hear Pope. I mean, just you know, I have a habit of writing down some of my favorite quotes just to. I stick them on sticky notes at work just for motivation. You know, if I hear something, and here's what I wrote, wrote down tonight. Pope don't trust Dickie. Tonight is not about trust. It's about climbing to the top. This is a paraphrase, by the way. I've just pulled out uh, uh, phrases from it. I've been through the fire, the storm, the flood, through the rain, but through it all, I've never forgotten who I am. A tree planted by the river of waters. I shall not, could not, good God, Daddy, I will not be moved. <laughs> I got chills just now saying it. <laughs> Pastor Rob. Yeah. He felt that one, folks. Rob felt the Pope. He felt he felt the we Holy Spirit tonight in Thunder Studios tonight. Club, what? <laughs> uh, let's see here. So uh, John Roberts is in the back with Mike Bennett. Uh, Mike Bennett's got his mask on. I don't know. John Roberts apparently either had to stay social distance or they didn't want him showing his face on screen. So he had to stick his mic in from the side there. Uh, Bennett uh, wants to be perceived as one of the best, uh, so he has to beat the best. He's getting better each match. He knows about pressure. He knows he's going to get hit hard, hit hard in this tournament. He's going to hit hard back. Uh, and uh, it was a little confusing here. There was a couple of things I liked and a couple of things I didn't like, by the way, on this this part of it is I, I thought Bennett's promo went a little too long because the guy's got a lot of passion in his voice, and I love hearing him talk, but it's, it felt like they – he w- he was ready to wrap up a little bit, like a minute earlier, and uh, and they they kept the camera on him or something. I don't know. There's something weird right there. But uh, and they also were not very clear on what was happening here because he said he he drops in that you know first I had Nick Aldis and now Jr. Kratos, and I think I felt like up until that point they really hadn't established that right. Like uh, and uh, I was kind of like what? What did he take on Jr. Kratos? Did I miss that? And, yeah, that was confusing. Yeah, so I was confused there, but they, uh, you know, apparently that's what's happening. And uh, but but my Bennett, when he talks, this may sound weird to people, but there's like a his cadence or his tone or something. It's like a CM Punk style, like the way that he speaks. And so mm-hmm. I think that uh, with the right like story, and, and he does have a great backstory. Uh, I, I think my Bennett should be a star. I mean, obviously WWE saw something in it. That's why they hired him, but uh, they just didn't know what to do with it. Once they had it, but I'm, I'm hoping that he's going to find new legs here and, and get somewhere. 
Yeah, I, I didn't have a problem with the the interview so much. I had. A, let, let me say something first, guys. It, we appreciate everybody that spends time with us. We are so humbled. Uh, but let's remember in our discourse in the chat together that we are privileged to talk about the greatest sport in the world, pro wrestling. There are disagreements out there, and that's okay. We can respect each other and disagree with charity. Uh, so let's 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 keep it civil, okay, guys? Because uh, this is a, it's supposed to be a positive forum where we uplift uh, the the sport and talk about good things, and we can roast each other and have fun with it. But let's keep it fun and civil, okay? Um, the Mike Bennett interview. Um, uh, it wasn't terrible. I mean, it, it, it did seem like a, a little contrived, like the camera was on him. I think with the Kranos thing, I think he was anticipating the, the Davy Boy Smith match because he kept saying, you know, I'm, I have, I, I want to re- be perceived as the best professional wrestler. When he was building up to the Nick Aldis match, it was the best. I, I am a professional wrestler. I'm doing this because I'm a professional wrestler. And Obviously, they had released the UWN title bracket and mentioned that he was going to be going against Davey Boy Smith. But before he gets to him, he has this hurdle of Kratos that he has to get through. And so he says, look, in order to beat the best, I've got to be I've got to challenge the best. And I've had one of the best. All this. He should have said the best and all this. One of the best in Kratos. And now he's going to have one of the best in Davey Boy Smith. And he says, when you want the best, you know, you're going to get hurt. I might have lost to all this, but I got a little bit better. The Mike Bennett right now might not be ready for Davy Boy Smith, but the Mike Bennett will be ready after tonight. So I think that that's why he was talking about the the Kratos thing was because he was kind of, I wouldn't say looking past him. He didn't even say he was going to win the match. All he said was, after this, I'm going to be better and and more prepared than I would have been before. Yeah, I loved loved his uh, train of thought. I mean, you could tell it was – it was well thought out, um, his promo. And, and, and I just, I love that. I think he's still, he's still in this, uh, headspace of, I gotta reestablish myself. I've got to bring back, you know, honor to my name and to my family. And he's doing it one match at a time. And he acknowledges, you know, losing to, to Nick. Um, but he also acknowledges that he's better because of that match. And so every match is a step forward. And I love that mentality. And, um, and yeah, I mean, my only complaint, as you said, Gary, was just that I was a little confused. Cause I was like, I was, I was thinking back. I was like, was he on another primetime live? And I totally missed it. Um, and then I realized towards the end of the interview, he even mentioned it, but that he was, he had Kratos tonight. Um, so that it made sense by the end. But um, but yeah, it, it was a great promo. I, I like Mike Bennett. I like this uh, persona that he has, um, and I can see him being a big star. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. So I think uh, I'm hoping this tournament ends up being a, a, a party for, or coming out party for him to people to really see what he's made of. Uh, this match tonight is it was a great one too. But uh, we'll get to that. Uh, but first, we've got to talk about our old pals, the Friendship Farm. And they're taking on SoCal Distancing for the UWN Tag Team Championship. Uh, I, I, I mean, I already like I have more notes on this match than I did on most things. And I don't know if it's just because I wanted to give a fair shake to Gentleman Jer- Jervis and Sweet Robin Shaw this time around. And uh, so my very first thing I've got is I'm loving Sweet Robin Shaw's new gear. Uh, I dug the new look out of him. They had a different swagger when they came out this time. I felt like um, 
Adrian Quest and Andy Brown, SoCal distancing, they look like serious business. I know that that's not the same game that Gentleman Jervis and Robin Shaw play. Um, but um, but even Kenley was on it this time when he was talking about Friendship Farm taking this a lot more seriously. They're going for the tag team titles. They need gold, that whole thing. Uh, and he was right. I mean, these guys, right from the start, they cut off SoCal, went right to work, great teamwork. Shaw was using his size all over the place to gain an advantage. I was with it, man. Uh, and even when Gentleman Jervis gets tagged in, he's doing like that bunny hop thing. He had some aggression in the double stomp that he did. And uh, and props to Shaw. He's got way more cardio than I do. When he went back and forth, bouncing between the ropes, and then went to those uh, turnbuckle-like splashes, like I just uh, – I was super impressed with uh, that guy, a guy that size doing all of that stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, SoCal distancing also, I want to give them props. They look great as a team. They're obviously the champions. So people already know they're a solidified team and and they've got some backing in the, uh, in the office there. Um, Just great athleticism out of those guys. Um, I I enjoyed the match, to be honest with you. I, I, I really dug it. Um, and that 450 by Adrian Quest onto the ramp, I mean, Jesus, that was ridiculous. Um, but to wrap it up, we end up with Andy Brown and Gentleman Jervis alone. Brown hits the concussion on delivery and a forearm, and it's too much for the gentleman to take. And SoCal Distancing gets the one, two, three, and takes it over. Will, tag team matchup. Tag team titles, how'd you feel? Fantastic tag team match, man. Loved it. Start to finish. I thought they had a hot start, which I love to see in tag team matches. It really felt believable uh, that, uh, you know, first of all, the the sense that I got was that um, Friendship Farm were out to prove something from the get go. I mean, they just jumped right in and they were they were hungry. Um, And so that was cool. you know, we were very critical of their last appearance on this show. So I'll be the first to say that uh, that opinion is totally erased after tonight because this was an incredible match. And uh, both of those guys were killing it, Robin Shaw and Gentleman Jervis. I'll say that Gentleman Jervis, uh, man, he took a beating. He was in this match for a very long time and was selling like it was his job, which it literally is his job. But um, he, he was killing it. And, uh, it, it was just a fun match to watch. And uh, I, I really, really enjoyed it from the tag team perspective. But just from a wrestling perspective, I think um, the action was there. The story was there. The teamwork was there, which you obviously want to see in, in tag team wrestling. Uh, and, and it's kind of not as evident now in tag team wrestling, I feel like. But it was obvious with both these teams that everyone was engaged at all times. So when something was going on, if Jervis was in the ring, you could see Robin Shaw in the corner barking at him or threatening to, to come in and help him or something like that. So the, it was just, there was four guys that were involved in the entirety of the match, whether they were the, um, whether they were the legal men or not. And then I loved uh, Robin Shaw's double suplex. I thought that was awesome. The double pin attempt was really cool. And even the commentary joked, it's like, we don't know who the legal man is, but it really doesn't matter. Cause he's, you know, laying on both of them. I thought that was cool. Um, and it was a great use of just his size mixed with the tag team dynamic. So it was a fantastic match. W- one of the better, uh, I think tag team matches from primetime live in my opinion. Yeah. I'm very pleasantly surprised with this again. Uh, you know, we'll refer to our criticism. We did acknowledge, uh, in their previous match against beef candy, 
on UWN Primetime Live that they it wasn't for lack of talent that we were kind of irked. It was for the the antics of rocking the 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 competitor to sleep and stuff like that that just you know strained the bounds of believability and respect in the ring. And we issued that, and they responded to us in in on social media, asked us to have an open mind. And, uh, and we told them w- that we would, and I feel like, you know, we listened to them and they listened to us. And today we had a different friendship form come in. I'm not wanting to change their personality. There's something about that Chikara style, that sort of comic book, very, uh, Japanese influence style of wrestling, uh, that, that is, is very worthy. But there's some of those antics that really belong outside the ring, uh, like the rocking the baby to sleep and some of the carnivals type things. Um, and when we saw uh, Robin Shaw come in with that new ring gear, that look on his face was just different. They had, like you said, Gary, they had a different swagger when they came in. And it was a different team, and they were aggressive. Um, I will say, like Will said, that uh, it looked like – I didn't know if Gentleman Jervis was going to survive this match because for the first eight minutes he was getting pummeled by uh, by both uh, Adrian Quest and Andy Brown. Uh, but they make the hot tag – what they refer to as angry Robin Shaw, they actually said that came in, reversed a double suplex, nearly pinned both opponents, just do- demolishes them until somehow, some way, um, Brown ends up in the ring alone with uh, with Jervis and delivers that COD. This match went 14 minutes long. It did not seem that long. It was very entertaining. I was very impressed with this match, way more than I expected. Uh, I, you know, I mean. I, I have learned to be more open-minded and I was going to kind of withhold criticism anyway, even if they were still doing what we saw in the first match, which wasn't the worst thing in the world. It just wasn't what we in prize fight writing, uh, prize fight wrestling typically like what we saw tonight was a prize fight guys by two hungry, aggressive guys that want to be taken seriously. And guess what? We take you seriously. Look at that. Uh, well, it is, it is good to see that peace has been made. Uh, we welcome gentlemen Jervis and, uh, sweet Robin Shaw on the show anytime to discuss, uh, their, their skills and wrestling prowess. So, uh, that the offer has, has been extended, uh, J.R. Kratos versus Mike Bennett was next up. I did not know J.R. Kratos. And I know, I, I don't mean this is offensive, by the way, if anybody takes it that way. Uh, that I don't happen to know one of these wrestlers, I'm happy to see someone new. Um, so this is all exciting for me to see these people for the first time. I had no idea what to expect when J.R. Kratos came out. I had seen him in the pictures. That's about it. But Mike Bennett, I did not realize what a challenge Mike Bennett had in front of him because J.R. Kratos was a beast, just a massive human being. Uh, super impressive. And uh, just, I, I loved this matchup. Just, uh, man, you get a great lead up to Davy Boy, Mike, because uh, you were dominated throughout this matchup. Uh, just the brutal tosses, the clotheslines, the slams. Bennett got in a few moments of offense here and there, but damn, I just dug this Kratos guy and just how uh, dominant and powerful he was in the ring. Uh, Bennett did try to start working a little smarter in the ring and grounding uh, JR, uh, which is what I thought he should do, but still Kratos bounced back. And he, no matter what he did, though, I have to give credit where it's due. He could not put Bennett down. He refused to die. And uh, it did. Uh, luckily, somewhere in there, Mike Bennett hits a spear out of nowhere, turns that into a desperation pile driver. I think uh, 
it, the, the commentary team called it the Hell Mary. And uh, the winner with the one, two, three is Mike Bennett. Uh, he earned his miracle name back tonight, boys. Yeah, I'll I'll uh, I'll jump in because I have a mixed bag of reactions here. Uh, so taking uh, removing the match itself, what happened in the match, I had a little bit of a problem, and I know we're just podcasters, and there's people that get paid to to write these storylines and and to book all this. But if it was me, I would not have announced the brackets until after this, or I would have made this like a qualifier match um, like that, yeah. because I felt like it was just too telegraphed. I, I there, there was really never a doubt in my mind that Bennett was going to win because it just wouldn't have made any sense. They just announced that he was going to be in the tournament for, for the, you know, UWN championship. And like, obviously he wasn't going to lose. Right. So I think that kind of took away a little bit for me. Um, so I would have had a, a qualifier match or um, announced the brackets after and saying, oh, because he won, he got it or something like that. Um, but the match itself was amazing. Um, it was, you know, I, I love the way they set it up to commentary props to them again for saying, you know, now we're going to transition to the heavyweight division. It was it was absolutely a heavyweight fight. And I love that they call attention to that. You don't hear that a lot you know, these days. And um, so that's what we got. We got a slugfest. We got just a, a brutal, methodical match. Um, I loved the constant callbacks to the Aldis match with Mike Bennett. Um, they just kept referencing stuff. And I love that they mentioned that he never tapped and he never quit, you know, because he lost that match because he lost consciousness. Um, so I love that they we're kind of putting that back in our minds. Um, and so, you know, the match itself was awesome. I thought Kratos was impressive. I had never seen him before either, but man, that's a scary dude. Um, and I, I thought it was great. I thought it was, I thought it accomplished what it needed to do again. My only criticisms just that we kind of knew it was kind of a foregone conclusion that Bennett was going to squeak it out. That death Valley driver on the ramp though, was was impressive it was brutal um but yeah so that's my take on it yeah man uh shoot i mean this i love the heavyweight division comment also um here's what you don't know about kratos gary this is a guy with a very extensive background against the likes of jeff cobb davy davy boy smith jr and who alexander hammerstone baby Oh, there he is. <laughs> and he is a heavyweight. He looks like a beast. He looks – I saw someone mention uh, the, the uh, comparison to Jax Dane, and that's a very appropriate comparison. They're big dudes, very physical. Um, again, I love the storytelling in here, how Mike Bennett starts out with the technical approach that it doesn't really seem to phase uh, uh, Kratos that much. So much of the match ends on the outside of the ring or on the ramp, and there's a lot of striking and kicking going on, and that clearly favors – uh, Kratos and that type of environment, somehow they maneuver themselves back into the ring where once again, uh, there's a series of, uh, of just physical strikes and kicks that results ultimately in, um, in Bennett attempting a, high, attempting a high risk maneuver that Kratos is able to stop with a very surprising vertical, a vertical leap flying knee that he then converts into a superplex. However, Bennett's able to scoop him up 
and hit that Hail Mary and secure the win at the 16-minute mark, the second longest match of the night. And I guess my big takeaway from this is, gosh, man, Bennett can take punishment. He left this match with a hurt knee, with a hurt arm. We saw him pass out against Nick Aldis rather than tap out. And we saw him take everything that Kratos could give and come out with a huge win. This guy is set up to win the UWN Championship. And uh, we all have to be thinking that at some point on the horizon, uh, he's got to be thinking about Nick Aldis. There's no way he's not. Yeah, I, I think you're 100% right. And uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how this thing all plays out. I'm excited to see it. I'm seeing a lot of love for like a Jack Stade or a Trevor Murdoch taking on Kratos eventually. Like those kind of matchups would be like real Haas battles. They would be a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, I will. I, I think you bring up an, an excellent point that it just didn't even hit me. But I, I do want to call attention to that that idea that that it, it should have been for entry into the tournament or something like that. That would have given some stakes to this match. And like you said, knowing that uh, that. Bennett's going to be jumping right into the heavyweight title tournament right after this. It's like, well, you know, is he really going to go down here and then enter the tournament? It, it, it's it's an interesting idea. They at least could have played up on that. Like, oh, but hey, if he loses this match, you know, then like, what what's that mean? And and what claim does this give Kratos? You know, that kind of thing. They, yeah, uh, and and com- commentary was even acknowledging that they were saying, you know. If Mike Bennett doesn't survive this, then Kratos, you know, has a has a, a pretty solid claim that he should be in the tournament. And I, that was what kind of got me. Th- I was like, yeah, you know, so again, you know, not not to, to constantly be putting over commentary, but I thought they did a great job just pointing that out from an authentic authenticity and, and a realism point of view is like, hey, you know, that that is something we're thinking about. So that was cool. Yeah. Well, uh, next up, we've got our main event of the evening. Not much time uh, to go in the show, but you didn't need much time because you have a 6.05 time limit when it comes to the television championship. Uh, The Pope, Elijah Burke, takes on outlandish Zicky Dice, the TV title. uh, And Pope comes out. It's a great intro music. I love the Pope's entrance. And uh, wasting no time, Zicky jumps Pope from behind with the belt, pummeling Pope, taking him outside, beating on him, severely just destroying him, yelling into the camera at Billy Corgan saying, this is on you. Uh, He had previously said there was going to be blood and it was going to be on Corgan's hands. All of this stuff puts Pope on a table, drops it or drops him through the table. Uh, The officials come out, they're gathered around checking on Pope. Uh, Zicky gets on the mic, calling out the pumpkin King. Uh, it says he's on Instagram live talking to middle-aged women that nobody cares about and writing the worst Smashing Pumpkins record of all time. This all felt really personal. Uh, and uh, he says his contract's coming up on New Year's anyway. Um, and uh, maybe he's just going to take the title elsewhere. Uh, says, uh, I mean, he just basically is just calling uh, Pope. I, I think the exact quote was a corn cob piece of shit. And uh, says that uh, the dirt sheets that think they know everything or he's not the champion will fall. So I'm still here. I'm the champion. And uh, at all this time, like, I think he was kind of hoping that Pope would just stay down and that would be it. There'd be no match. But unfortunately for him, the Pope shows up, gets in the ring, and the match officially begins. And we've got six minutes and five seconds on the clock. 
Uh, of course, this is mostly all offense by Zicky with some sparks from Pope who refuses to die just like Mike Bennett we talked about earlier. Finally, Zicky hooks a sleeper, but Pope fights out, getting some work in, nailing a beautiful elbow off the top rope on Zicky Dice, by the way. And uh, and then, like, with just a minute left, Zicky goes low and hits him with a crotch shot right between the legs. You got 45 seconds left on the clock, and Pope is down with the uh, blow to the groin. Uh, but then somehow, miraculously, the Pope, he is the Pope, so I guess miracles work in his favor, too. He uh, ends up dodging Zicky, throwing him into the turnbuckle and hitting the Elijah Express. And Pope rolls him up and gets the one, two, and three. And we have a new champion, ladies and gentlemen. The Pope, Elijah Burke, is your television champion. And uh, waste no time jumping on the mic there, thanking the UWN, the NWA, uh, the Rob, I know you got a lot to say about this, so I'll just speed through that part. But uh, just talking about the people keeping the NWA relevant, like Aaron Stevens, and even thinking Maureen. So, you know, that's already going to pop a bunch of people. And, uh, and and along with that, talking about now the TV title was held by a man who respects history and tradition, which are things, obviously, we care about a lot so he's already going to be getting some love from the hashtag nwa fam with this victory and that speech and the references to the wrestlers he did all of that stuff uh but rob i see i see you i see you twitching over there so uh, <laughs> what do you think here what how, how do you feel about the pope as your new nwa television champion i've got so many i've got so many thoughts one let, let's remember that it, when it comes to metrics and counting days because you'll see a lot of disagreement out there in the social media discourse about how many days, you know, Nick Aldis has been champion. That's something I'm big on. This is day one, okay? The sun has set. When the sun rises again, we'll be on day two of the reign of the Pope as the NWA TV champion. So today is day one, all right? Let's get that out of the way. <laughs> Let me say by, if you mess with my girl, Polka Dot Pam, well, then you mess with me. If you mess with me, you mess with my boy, Will. If you mess with my boy, Will, well, then you're messing with the big dog, Gary. All right? Uncool, Zicky. Uncool. You upset Pam Fisher, therefore you upset me. Bite your tongue, take it back, or you've lost a friend in the Stimpsons. <clears throat> so let me let me get that off my chip. Um, and I want to say I, I'm seeing some discourse in the chat too from Brian B about he's kind of upset with this, and I understand. Uh, we've talked about this before about believability, and uh, <clears throat> you know uh, the Pope takes this just brutal beat down. Uh, a breakdown that would leave most normal men in, in, in the hospital. And yet he not, managed not only to come back and make time for the bell, but he manages to come back and win this. And I, I get that. I understand that. I think that with the TV title, the TV title is a fighting championship. It's meant to, to sell a quick story in the new iteration of the NWA. It's, it's, made, it's meant to stretch believability uh, in six minutes and five seconds. And so you got to pack a lot of narrative into six minutes and five seconds. Now, so Brian, I understand where you're coming from. And, and in most cases, I would agree. Here, I think it was kind of apropos because, um, you know, we're talking about a showcasing of tradition versus, uh, versus disrespect. Tradition versus, you know, I'm going to spit on the face of that. And in 605, even after facing down this insurmountable odds of a, of a major beatdown, a, a catastrophic beatdown. He manages to summon the will of Dusty Rhodes himself, summon the will of everybody who 
can reach her hand out and touch their hand to the screen like Dusty would do. And he, 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 you know, he, he invoked that power to get back. That's what I saw uh, when I saw this match and, and to punctuate it, that beautiful, beautiful speech at the end that will forever go down in history as the uncertainty speech. He says, and I'm not going to quote many because I'm hoping UWN, if they're listening, will retweet that speech in its entirety tomorrow. But he says, we all know what the next moment is going to bring. That is uncertainty. That's uncertainty, daddy. Uncertainty is when blah, blah, blah. Uncertainty is when blah, blah, blah. Uncertainty no longer. And he invokes the name of Arn Anderson, of Dusty Rhodes, of Tully Blanchard, of Stone Cold Steve Austin. He invokes the name of the greats. And, uh, and there you go. And I see, I see you, Brian. And we can disagree. That, that's okay. But just, just try to see, you know, try to be open-minded about other viewpoints on that. Yeah, I, I thought this was um, a roller coaster. I, I mean, I kind of, you know, obviously as NWA fans, we've been following this and, and the three of us, we talk about this a lot, especially with the TV title and, and Zicky. And yeah, he called out the dirt sheets and, and talking about Billy and stuff like that. And so we were all kind of <laughs> tense, the three of us chatting, like, is this, what is, what's happening? Um, and then it became really clear that they were, uh, they were telling a story and Zicky is um, not meant to be a respectable person. Um, he is not meant to be beloved. Um, <clears throat> and he made that very clear tonight. And so it was really, really great. I thought wrestling storytelling um, to have that happen. Um, and, you know, you can debate the believability. I mean, you can debate the believability of, of anything that happens on any wrestling match. You can debate that. And that's all left up to your interpretation of it. I loved this from a wrestling story perspective because you've got a guy coming in the Pope who is, has, has seen Zicky dice for who he really is, which is somebody who does not respect tradition, somebody who does not respect integrity and honor and, and what that TV title stands for the names that he mentioned, Arn Anderson, who's my favorite wrestler of all time, uh, dusty Rhodes, all those names you just mentioned, Rob. And he sees somebody who doesn't respect that. And that, that it summons something in him that kind of transcends believability if you want to say it that way. And so despite this sneak attack and this beat down, as you said, Rob, he, he brought that power and overcame it and came out victorious. I thought it was a great story to tell. There's room for stories like that in wrestling. Now, if that happened every single match, yeah, I'd be screaming. That's not authentic. That's not believable, but we're talking about a title. We're talking about a, a world television title. Okay. Not just a, you know, a run of the mill title. This is an NWA world's television title with a storied history, huge tradition, huge legacy behind it. And if a guy like the Pope, if Elijah Burke can't summon that power and, and reinvigorate himself to do that, then what's the title really worth? So it's believable to me as a wrestling fan, as a, as a lifelong wrestling fan. Um, I loved it. So, you know, <laughs> it's, it's fun that we have a new TV champion. Um, it's, it, it's, it's exciting as an NWA fan. Again, we've had two title changes. Now we've got Trevor Murdoch as the new national champion. We've got the Pope as the new world television champion. And, um, it, it's just a great reminder again, that we talk, like we talk about the NWA is open for business. 
Titles are changing hands. Things are happening. Stories are moving forward. We're getting uh, NWA. And, you know, a big criticism we had last week was not a lot of NWA presence on the show. Um, there still wasn't a ton this week, but we got another NWA title match that ended up being a great story. And so I'm excited about it. Um, I can't wait to see, you know, how Pope uh, steps into this role and how he, uh, I think he set it up really well, talking about history, legacy, and tradition. I think that's everything the NWA stands for. I think he hit it on, hit the nail on the head with that. And so I can't wait to see how he represents this title moving forward. Let yeah, it's, uh, it's thing, a- Gary, before you jump in, I, I don't, yeah. I, I don't want to forget this. We all miss power so much, and to me, seeing that six oh five clock on there felt like power again. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, UWN is is doing its part to 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 you know get us there. Uh, but we all miss the home, the mothership, and seeing that six oh five clock on there just felt like man, we're watching power again. So anyway. Yeah, that's a great point. And uh, no, I, I was just going to say, I mean, I, I appreciate that we're trying to move these stories along, like Will said. And, uh, you know, I, I hope that we eventually get to see these tag titles show back up because that'd that'd be a, another nice touch. We've seen every other title uh, in the NWA brand represented on this show. So uh, I hope for more. And uh, like you said, we're going to see a women's title again next week. Uh, they announced Thunder Rosa will be defending the NWA Women's Championship against Serena Deeb. We'll be seeing uh, the first round of the UWN Heavyweight Championship Tournament. Peter Avalon will be taking on Chris Chris Dickinson. And they announced a tag team match. Our boy Danny Limelight is going to be back on UWN Primetime Live with Papo Esco in the bodega. And they're going to be taking on the real money bros. A big money clutch in R&B Suge. So uh, that should be an interesting match right there. We've uh, we've we've kind of been digging the real money bros, but, you know, we got to support our boy Danny. Uh, so this is uh, it's going to be interesting. I hope he's he's up to the task. I think he is. But uh, those the real money brothers are uh, they're a uh, tough competitor. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there uh fellas if you're down with it we'll throw it to the chat do you guys have anything in the chat you want to talk about uh we've got a few minutes here before we uh, wrap this thing up so we're uh willing to uh to chit chat with you and see what you think uh, a couple of news items real quick that might be worth throwing out there one we did see uh tonight that uh camille and thunder rosa were wrestling on friday in uh, in memphis ten- in jackson tennessee west west tennessee in a match that I think would would it, it's it, I'm 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 excited to see it. I wish I could be there. Actually, I'm an athletic director, so I'll be at a football game that night. But I really wish we would see that match on a big stage uh, where we could all participate in that and enjoy it. But that's uh, that's great news. The other thing is we saw the breaking news of the uh, PWI Top 100 Women this year, and uh, I think number one went to Bailey. Number 14 went to Thunder Rosa. Um, and, you know, you can say what you want about that list, but I think when you're mentioning, let's say, the top 20 or so, that is a signal to the world that you are elite. We all think Thunder Rosa is number one. She is number one. I mean, it is what it is. But the fact that she is being acknowledged by this publication in the top 20, um, it just is a vindication of the hard work that she's done and uh, and all that. And also, I see Brian B. Uh, mentioning that Aldis and Pillman Jr., are, are are going to be wrestling on December the tenth, and I think that your your Bearded Trio are going to be there live and in, in living color. So uh, 
So we're uh, excited. A lot of NWA activity going on and, and just so proud of Thunder Rosa for being represented among other female talent, um, you know, uh, Allison Kay and, and uh, uh, Marty Bell and some others were, were mentioned in that list too. But, uh, you know, Thunder Rosa is the queen. And so I'm so happy that she was there. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's obviously a lot of news that we could get into. And uh, we, you tuned with us on Sundays. We ignored uh, last Sunday, just uh, I was getting back from Tennessee. Rob was not going to give us his full attention. Uh, the Braves were playing in the uh, we National League Championship you Series. You're going there. I'm, <laughs> I'm an artist, not to think of that. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, so it was a busy day. So, uh, But usually on Sundays, we love running through the news items for the uh, week and, and talking to you guys and getting your thoughts on it and that sort of thing. So if you haven't already, make sure you hit subscribe. Make sure you hit that like button. Hit the little bell. It lets you know whenever we go live, usually on Tuesday nights after UWN Primetime Live and on Sundays as of right now. Uh, let's see what you guys are thinking in the chat, and uh, we can roll with that while we got a little bit of time here left on the clock. Uh, Darren LaPointe, uh, Pope will be fun. I think he can bring good, diverse matches, and we know that. I agree I'm 100% with that. Uh, we got Pennywise here from Twitter saying Murdoch, Pope, Aldis, Thunder Rosa. What an amazing lineup of champs. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yep. Where's the tag champs? I just got to say, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, but I was actually thinking about this. And, <clears throat> you know, the, the thing the thing with the tag champs that um, is hard for me to process is that both of them have been on Primetime Live separately. So it's not like they're gone. Um, so I just really hope that we get some kind of, uh, I don't want to I don't want to call it closure, but we get some kind of confirmation that where those belts are, are they going to be defended? We've seen every other title defended on primetime live so far. So, uh, what's up with the tag titles? I want to know. I think so. Raven had said something about they'd, uh, <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> oh man. We got to get, we got to get Raven on this show. We'll just let I him agree. talk. See, it's, he's already put us through so much. James A. Jackson Jr. sounds happy about this tournament. Now, that is a world championship tournament. Great competitors announced. Well, James, you Watch should out, Rob. That not a not a world championship tournament. Rob refuses to acknowledge that. Uh, I mean, I mean the TR and Camille isn't happening on power. Same. Let's, let's go back to the world championship match. I mean, if you want to win a world title, you've got to beat Nick Aldis. That's the bottom line. You can't just invent a world title. And don't get me wrong. It's not like the competition in this tournament is not world title capable or caliber. It is. It's a stack tournament. But in order to to get my recognition as being a world's champion, there's only one road to that, and that is through Nick Aldis. That's it. You know, end of discussion. Well, I mean, you say that, and I think the other aspect of it, Damian Redman brings up here in the chat – Hammerstone, be in the tournament. <laughs> Hammerstone, man, am I? Am I the only? I heard Hammerstone already won the tournament. He's not even in it. Yeah, I was gonna say, man. It's like as soon as we finished the rundown, we all just got triggered. Me with the tag belts, and Rob with the world title, and now Gary with Hammerstone. We are sensitive, man. We some sensitive people up in here, boy. Dave Scooby saying AK has an axe to grind with Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb. Hope she does a run in next week. I can see it. I mean, AK has made it very clear. She is still interested in the NWA Women's Championship. 
Uh, Work shoot wrestling podcast. Any idea how the shows are doing numbers wise? I don't think we've seen anything. Have you or have you guys seen any analytics or mm-hmm. any of that stuff? Mm-mm. I haven't heard anything. Um, also, to Brian B, do we know if the Aldis match will be available to watch anywhere? I see me talking about the Brian Pillman one. Um, I am not sure. It seems uh, to me that there there is some contractual obligation on on the NWA side to record those. Uh, we saw that with Shane Williams and the AML match. Uh, fantastic match that was held last December, and they eventually uh, released that on uh, on uh, for the Patreon. So I don't know if it's going to be aired on pay-per-view. I can look into that for you, but I know that I, I imagine that NWA will have the, the you know the, the master footage of that to, to, that will eventually make its way out into the uh, the universe. So, um, agreed. Um, let's see here. Uh, uh, what else? Wrestling with the MMA, Bearded Trio, we may, may be getting a chance to meet if you're reading, uh, going to the Aldis versus Pilbara match. That'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Leonard, a man after my own heart. Can we get some Hammerstone talk? No. <laughs> oh, come on. Some Hammerstone talk. How about that? Down there in the bottom left. Hammerstone, the beef castle. Whatever whatever appeases you. Hammerstone, meat mountain. Good God. When did you make all these? <laughs> it's so all like all I just sit around and think about Hammerstone and his <laughs> beautiful catchphrases. <laughs> he's uh, uh he's such a man. Um uh, Hey, our boy Jay Cows in the chat saying, I'm here to say that Davey Boy Smith Jr. should be the first United World Heavyweight Champion. Hey, man, any if there's anybody that's got the credentials, it's him. I could totally see that. Uh, so I, I would not count him out, but he's he's definitely got to get through uh, Mike Bennett first, right? So that's that's a, yeah. that's a tough contest. I bet I, I, my, my guess immediately – People may kill me here, but that that one side of the uh, like you got some you got some beef aside from Peter Avalon, who is very talented in his own right. But Chris Dickinson, Watts, and Eric Redbeard are on one side of the tournament, so those are going to be like hoss fights over there. Like it's going to be so. And, and Dickinson, by the way, if you watch Bloodsport, I mean, he's very technically adept. So I'm not discounting that. I'm just saying these are some big boys fighting on the A side and on the B side though, that Carl Fredericks, Fred Rosser match, Davey Boy Smith Jr. versus uh, Mike Bennett. I, I feel like those are going to be high quality, like a plus matches. Like I just feel strongly about all four of those guys competing. Uh, let's see. Uh, and Jake house hoping that 10 pounds of gold will hype that Brian Pillman Jr. Match and that YouTube will air the match in its entirety. That would be the way to go. If uh, if if we could make that happen, uh, let's see. Beef rock candy. All right. <laughs> uh, Darren, what a garbage comment you've got here. <laughs> Kratos crush Hammerstone one hundred percent. Nobody could ever crush Hammerstone. That is the worst thing you could have ever said. That's I, we don't tolerate lies. Somebody banned. Darren LaPointe, please. Uh, release timeout. Uh, <laughs> D- 
Davy Boy Smith Jr. is the only former NWA champion in the match as a former NWA World Tag Team Champion. Thank you, Roscoe, for that. We know we can count on Roscoe for the NWA trivia. Uh, Michael Leonard just bringing it back to the brave here. Sorry, Rob, to rub that in. Uh, I'm broken. Look at these eyes, man. I'm a broken man right now. I will say that I will say with the Braves losing, uh, it does finally feel like October for me. <laughs> hey, hey, at least we still get the number one draft pick in James and uh, Trevor Lawrence, right? Oh, wait a second, wrong sport. <laughs> I have nothing to look forward to except for all this. Davy Boy Smith Jr. or Brian Pittman Jr. Excuse me, gosh, I'm off of it, man. Uh, wrestling with the MMA, the beef castle of Meat Mountain, Hammerstone, Hammerstone. I like this from Jake out. Drop the bad Hammerstone. Anybody who talks <laughs> trash about Hammerstone, you get the bad Hammerstone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let's see. Brandon says this tournament looks awesome. I'm honestly looking forward to every matchup. I uh, yeah. totally agree. Uh, all, all of the matches look, look serious. Uh, welcome, Derek. Thanks for joining us. Uh, and uh, yeah, somebody was talking about they 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 could really feel like Marquez would have the belt defended worldwide after COVID. I, I could see that. Um, yeah, I, I love whiskey, Gary too. Hello, we all do. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks. No, if you've got something else now, drop it because we gotta we gotta work on wrapping this up. But I don't know what Will was about to say to Rob there. I was gonna say Rob's more of a tequila Gary guy, but yeah. that's your preference. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Take advantage of me. I don't know. Uh, But anyway. All right, folks. Well, thank you so much to everybody who hung out with us tonight. Seriously, you make it worth doing. I mean, we've all got work in the morning. I know a lot of you do, too. And so uh, the only reason we stay up and do these things is because of the folks like you who are here hanging out with us each week and talking about UWA Primetime Live, your love of NWA, your love of wrestling in general. Um, because let's not forget, I mean, Hammerstone's an MLW guy for God's sake. So, uh, you know, we're just talking about, we're just talking about wrestling. We're all fans here and we're all a hashtag NWA fan. Uh, we, we certainly appreciate you guys, uh, being here with us. This is, this is really, really cool. And, uh, I guess last question from Jake Cal, does this mean Zicky is done with the NWA? Uh, but front row pointing out Zicky's been very adamant on uh, Instagram that he moved to Atlanta. So I have no idea. I have no idea what's going on with Zicky Dice. He's outlandish. He's, he's tough to pin down. Um, Will, tell everybody where they can find you on the social medias before we wrap this thing up. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Hey It's Will with one L. Um, you can find me at that screen name everywhere except for TikTok where I'm at HeyIt'sWill.com. Um, and yeah, so stay tuned. Uh, we'll be back live Sunday night, as Gary mentioned, talking about all things wrestling. Um, but if you get a chance and you're a part of the hashtag NWA fam and you haven't gotten your new NWA fam merch, the latest, uh, version, I know front row got his NWA fam phone case. Those are available face masks, t-shirts, all that stuff. Uh, check out our store on the website at the NWAPod.com. Yeah, and uh, you can find me at This Is Dr. Stinson on uh, all the social medias. I wanted to uh, remind Wrestling with the MMA, we did send you something, and there's something else coming on the way. I checked the tracking today, um, and it looks like it's going to be here before October 29th. Uh, so just be looking out for that. Um, and you can always find us here. Every- yeah, yeah, 
every Tuesday and Sunday night right here on uh, on at the NWA pod. Uh, we love you guys, man. It's been a great uh, time hanging out tonight here at the club. Totally agree with you, Damian. Hammerstone needs to be a guest. We'll see if we can book him at some point. God bless that guy. Um, Michael's happy just since the Falcon State. We should have no more Georgia sports interruptions. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, and I did plug Manscaped. NWA pod. That code gets you 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. I am at this is Gary Horde on all the stuff. The podcast is at the NWA pod on everything. Make sure you hit subscribe on this video. Hit like if you haven't done it already. Just help us get in front of more people. Tell your buddies about it. You want quality wrestling conversation? We include you guys. This is a family. We we love talking to you guys. So thank you so much for everybody who joins us. We'll see you on Sunday. And uh, stay tuned. Until then, enjoy your gravy cake. <laughs>